0: Hello! Welcome to Let's Talk About with Ioni Butler. Today, I am talking to a wonderful man called Johnny O'Callaghan and I met Johnny at an acting workshop. He had come in to to talk to us about meditation because you are a therapist and you teach meditation as well as yoga and things like that. Am I right?
1: I do. Well, I've I've woven in psychotherapy with coaching, meditation, energy work Mm -hmm. and hypnosis. So it's this sort of unique blend.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we, we he was speaking to us about that, and he happened to tell me a story of how he adopted his son. And I have wanted to adopt since I was about thirteen years old, and was fascinated by his story. So today I'd like to talk to him about adoption. So thank you. You're welcome for, it's for great talking to be with here. me. Hello. <laughs> Could you um, yeah maybe just start by telling us about how you came to adopt your son?
1: Well, it was about ten years ago, and um, I took off. I was living here in the Hollywood Hills and very privileged, but I was kind of, you know, believing everything I was thinking and I needed a break from Hollywood. I was an actor at the time and I was up for every TV show, but I wasn't booking the way I used to book in Toronto or New York. And um, I just, a friend asked me that, did I want to go to Uganda to work on a documentary? The very last minute. It was a Wednesday night and she was leaving that Saturday and I said, yes. and. It took us about three days to get there. And then that Monday, we arrived in Entebbe Airport and then we went on this 10 hour car ride down to a little small village called Kisesi on the border of Rwanda and the Congo. And um, we ended up in an orphanage. And this little boy crawled into my lap and it had like multicolored snot running from his nose and like he <laughs> rubbed it, and then rubbed the hair on my skin. And I really felt, um, he's your son, which, <laughs> like, I could still hear my mind, but I felt this, like, my heart, maybe, I don't know what you want to call it, and um, and I was just very drawn to this kid, and I couldn't leave him. He was he was three at the time, and I remember once taking him out for, um, you know, thinking I, I should buy him a bottle of Coca-Cola or something, something <laughs> sort of silly, and he took one sip of the Coca-Cola and spat it out, <laughs> but grabbed this big piece of bread, this sort of, and when we went back to the orphanage, he t- Put it, broke it and put it on all the cots Aww. for the kids like he's such a gorgeous little spirit that i i couldn't leave him so it took nine months and then i adopted him i became his guardian in uganda and adopted him here in los angeles
0: what was that process like
1: it was very tough i actually wrote a play about it called who's your daddy that's actually, <laughs> actually becoming Excellent. a movie at the moment it's in development and it was a it was a sort of an against all odds story because a single guy deciding to adopt in Uganda, you know, everyone said, Oh, there's no way they will give you this child. And I just was very much following my heart. I, I couldn't leave him. Mm. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of bureaucracy, uh, a lot of obstacles. And it really taught me about not giving up. Like, my intention was to adopt him. And all my action came from that. And, but nine mm. months later, he arrived at LAX. All my friends were there with balloons and teddy bears, and um, he'd no word of English, (laughs) so it was such a journey, you know, teaching him English and stuff. But yeah, did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Why do you think the process is so? Why was it so difficult?
1: Well, I think it's set up to make sure that you know that the right people are adopting, Mm -hmm. and that they can actually take care of the child. I mean, there's a lot of you've got to do a home study here in LA, where a social worker comes out, sees where you live, and you've got to make sure you have, you know, a room for the child, that you're making enough money, that you have a car, different things, basic mm-hmm. needs. Especially with international adoption, there's no sort of support. I know there's a foster to adopt system in LA in America, which is very a beautiful system, and a lot of people adopt that, that way, mm-hmm. which is an easier process. But again, I didn't set out to adopt. This was I met my son. And it was sort of, I say a joke, it was an accidental pregnancy or (laughs) (laughs) so it took nine months to actually get him out of Uganda. So, I, you know, so that's, I think it's set up in a good way as an, also though, you know, in Uganda was when we went to the high court, it was a precedent setting case. They said that a single guy had never, you know, done this before in Uganda. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's what they told me. And... um, uh, and the judge was amazing, like he really saw the connection because my son was sitting on my lap and like he'd be rubbing my face and mm. reading his book, he just, oh, I really see the connection between, mm. it's obvious he's your son, Aww. which was very touching, you know, And um, because also, yeah, there's many different, Uganda's a complex country on some levels too.
0: Um, for somebody thinking about um, adopting in Uganda, because I'm curious, What's, is it better to adopt from the country that you're from, is it, would you say, like, what's the difference, what would be, is it just what's right for the the people and the kids who meet?
1: I think it's, it's, I think everyone has their own unique journey.
0: Mm.
1: As I said, I didn't really set out to adopt. I met this kid, he was starving, he was lucky, he got one meal a day. Like, orphanages are very different than the idea. It's not like Annie or it's not like um, what we know of here as an, You know, there was no electricity. They're very primitive places. They're lucky if they get one meal a day. So it's a very different process or different idea. I mean, some people have said, oh, you're taking this kid away from his culture. But a lot of these kids don't see culture. They don't get that opportunity. It's not like he's hanging out with, you know, the elephants or Mm. giraffes. You know, he might see a chicken Mm. or a rat or mosquitoes. It's not as um, romantic as it sounds, if yeah. that makes sense. So, I, I definitely am a big supporter of international adoption. There's a lot of people against it. I think it's amazing watching him thrive and watching how he's about to go to high school. and Watching him really love who he is and really own, take ownership. and That's a beautiful journey. But again, it's, I think everyone's path unfolds. So, it's, mm. there's no right or wrong way But I do think adoption is a beautiful thing. And I tell my son that he was chosen. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I had
1: birth parents and I looked, I say, oh, birth parents are overrated. (laughs) (laughs) So don't worry.
0: Yeah. Well, he chose you in a way. So that's... Well, he crawled into my lap. I tell him, you chose me. Yeah. You got the choice. Um, What actually, do you know what happens to children in these orphanages who don't get adopted? Like, did it? Well,
1: most don't get adopted. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a... a lot of them then they reach a, like a certain age and then they're just left to def- defend for themselves. So a lot of them will get access to school, healthcare. So it, again, everyone has a, has a different sort of journey. I, I can't say, I know the orphanage that, we, that I adopted my son in was, has now changed into a different orphanage. All the kids were taken and put into a different orphanage and it's been funded by an organization in Canada. Mm. So those kids are being taken care of and they're guaranteed. You know, education and healthcare, but that's not for everybody. That's not the story for everybody. Right. Like I think there's there's what thirty four million orphans in Africa. Wow. So I know people love to kind of go. You know, oh, you should be just adopting in in America. In America too, we're very privileged on many levels. So again, it's following your heart, whatever yeah. is presented. What you know. What you're called to, or drawn more drawn to. Mm-hmm and as i said i just met him and i knew i couldn't leave him so
0: good so you got him home he came to america what was it what was it like being a dad
1: oh it's sort of no one can prepare you i think for the 24 7 of it and the fact that it's just non-stop and Mm. i was again a single dad so i'm living on my own with my dog charlie who's sitting here (laughs) and um he would wake me up at 3 in the morning to play, 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: And
1: There was sort of, because in a way he was like this little wild child too, because there was no boundaries, no structure in, in this particular orphanage. and So it was definitely a journey of you know, you know teaching him, and he, like, teaching him English, and uh, I think one word we, I still use it today is like go susu, which is pee-pee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean like try to like to learn like to communicate and, <laughs> and with the whole journey so but then him starting in preschool I mean it really taught me how to become a man to really step up for for somebody really step up for this kid and and, um, and take care of him and being a mom and a dad so making sure he gets enough kisses but also making sure I'm earning enough money you know it's it's mm-hmm. that balance mm-hmm. as a single parent to, to really provide to play the both roles mm-hmm. and um I used to say you got a two-for-one special, you know, mom and dad rolled into one. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely been, been a journey. I mean, I think the adoption part of it was probably the most difficult thing at the time thinking, oh my God, I can't get over it. Because again, I was very naive going, oh, this is my son. I had no idea how, uh, the amount of bureaucracy that was ahead of me mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a way, right? I had no idea how difficult the process was going to be. But then raising him has been, you know, such a challenge to mm. just as in for every parent just because it's it's an imperfect you know job as in they don't come with a manual nice. so you're just sort of learning and um, but we've you know my intention was always to raise him to really love who he is mm-hmm. and it's great to see him not in resistance to himself like to really enjoy being Odin mm-hmm. and you know when he was younger he was up uh, he was like oh daddy I want skin like yours and I told him this story about how this idea of reincarnation that we live many lifetimes. And I was like, Oh, you've already been white. You've done that. This mm-hmm. is your lifetime you chose to be brown.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I could see him sort of take ownership mm-hmm. of who he is rather than comparing or being in resistance at how beautiful his skin is. And mm. um, then, cut to a couple of months later, he was, in, I think he was in first grade. He came home and said, Daddy, a girl in my class said I've got skin like poop. Mm. But he goes, I forgive her because she was an Asian girl. And I remember. Being an Asian girl, and it was very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so he was able to apply the story and get out of his own way, and really, um, like amazing, right? Because the mind is all about story, and yeah. I think we got to make sure that the, the stories our children have empower them, and not sort of. So it's amazing the confidence he has. Yeah, you know? that's,
0: that's so incredible. I um. Because I'm, I'm a mixed race and I was raised by my white mum and I often remember feeling that way of kind mm-hmm. of like, I don't like this, I want to be like you and, and feeling inferior and um, I think that's just a great way of, of giving him ownership and understanding yeah, of the, is right? this who I am and it's funny, yeah, you don't often hear that. That was going to be my next question about um, how do you find, how do you keep part of his culture, do, how do you celebrate his culture, do, does he still speak? Ugandan, or is there any, dizzy well, visit?
1: Well, spoke Rwandese. Ru- Ru- no, I oh, nice. mean, it's, some, it's so funny, because I took him for this, when he was younger, like, this road trip around America, and uh, half the time I'd be like, because I'm looking at him all the time, so I'm thinking I'm brown half the time, and he's looking at me all the time, and so he thinks he's white half the time, because <laughs> some kids go to him, Okay, oh, you, you seem very white, you know, which like, so I'm like, What do you, know, so, it's this whole, like, I don't know, blend that's sort of um, happening. I mean, it's been a challenge. Like, I remember we like in Ralph's, when he was first here and I'm wheeling this trolley and he's in the trolley. And again, he's always been very affectionate and loving and, and all of a sudden I'm noticing these older black ladies sort of follow me around and, and I guess they'd reported me to the manager at mm. the, the supermarket. So there's been a, like it can trigger some people. Mm. So not everyone is conscious and open. Mm. And I do get people saying, oh, that kid should be in Uganda or should be hanging out with Ugandans and, and which is beautiful. Like I have a lot of black friends, but I'm not into hanging out with people that are unconscious that don't support um, my family, mm. if that makes sense. And I didn't take him back to Uganda yet. We'll go back when he's 18. I also want him to you know, enjoy his life, mm. enjoy, because he's American in many ways, mm-hmm. in every way. In a way, he's raised here. So, I want to make sure that he's not feeling responsible if there's something he wants to do as he as he matures and becomes a man, then he can decide, but I didn't want him to you know feel overly responsible for something that wasn't um, necessarily his to be responsible for yeah. does, does that make sense? yeah, yeah so. I've taken him to Agape, I don't know if you've been to Agape, which is this, like this spiritual center mm-hmm. by Michael Beckwith, who, mm-hmm. who wrote the book, or was in The Secret, which is a very big like black choir and very sort of into, you know, so he's around a lot of different cultures, but he's also a citizen of the world, he's also, because I'm from Dublin, like he's also got a European passport. I don't know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question, he was three, I didn't know Rwandese, he didn't, so, he, um, we have some words. He knows some Irish. He's learning Spanish. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting question. And, and sometimes I have friends here that are very professional Irish. Like every, their whole life is about being Irish. Mm. And they're very identified with the vehicle mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they come in. And I'm not as identified by it. Right. And it's amazing watching him not be so identified to be himself. Yeah. Not... It's, it's also, I took him to see the butler and part of it is, none of that is his history.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know the things that like sometimes, I want him to just be empowered and to know he can create and do whatever he wants to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I sometimes being fed all these stories, I don't know if that serves him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as in to really celebrate the unique being that he is.
0: Yeah. I'm not know. sure. About that. No, it makes it makes total sense. I mean, I think you know, oftentimes that's people's issue, you know, you a white man can't adopt a black child because you don't know what it's like, like and you shouldn't adopt somebody and really it's 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 about a child needs love. And if yeah. somebody's going to give them love, yeah. it really that's all they need. You know, it's yeah. nice if they can go back and obviously he has that choice to do that and and I understand yeah. why you want to let him do that in his own time. Um but yeah, the first and foremost thing is love. And if someone's yeah. going to love him, then that's 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 the best thing.
1: Yeah, that's so it's amazing loving him and watching him like be so weak and now become this warrior, like mm. really like, you know, take ownership
0: uh,
1: of who he is. So yeah, I think that's it's a yeah, I think love, love is key. I mean, we've had the, you know, learning about Ashley's skin, making sure his skin gets moisturized, his <laughs> hair has been like,
0: oh my God. How did you do with his hair? My
1: mum couldn't handle mine. Oh my Absolutely. God, but it was such a journey. I remember he used to at the bus to school, and like when he was in kindergarten and first grade. And um, I could see some of the moms looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on with his hair?
0: At least you have a go. Could you imagine? That? <laughs>
1: well, what I did was I ended up getting it braided, like into the yes. little dreadlocks, because I was was trying to comb his hair. And tears, I I was getting him all these books about, you know, like black hair and how the tears and all this is like, this is normal. But I kept feeling like, mommy, mommy, dear, is there something? Because it it was, was, I was like, I can't keep putting him through this. So we'd either shave his head, I would give him a little mohawk, and, and then I got to braid it. Right. And that seemed to take, you know, that lasted a lot longer.
0: I had that with my mum. She couldn't wash it. It would take hours to wash it right. and she'd just lose her mind. And then she used to like, comb it and I would scream and cry. Yeah, and yeah. I think I threatened to, I threatened to run away because of the torture. <laughs> and I think yeah. I did run away for like an afternoon once. I was like, you just keep hurting me. So for the longest time, she'd just scrape it into like a giant, like this ridiculous yeah. giant, like poofy bun. Right. And then she kind of cottoned onto the braiding thing, so right. yeah, we started to do that for a while. And then I started to make black friends around right. fifteen, sixteen, yeah. and then my girlfriends helped me out. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, But
1: well, I think as, she
0: tried. She as you
1: got the braids, the the black women at the bus stop, they I mean, they, were they approved. They,
0: they, <laughs> like I got I it. got the nod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was funny. I was like, I don't think you're not, but, <laughs> but I think
0: I do. <laughs> I, yes, thank you. Thank you for approving. Um, have there been, like, have any of the, conv- you strike me as someone that's very um, open and understands people and understands how to communicate things. Um, but Has there ever been um, any difficulty, has, has he found it ever been difficult being adopted? Has there ever been any of that? That's well, as I,
1: I think we were talking about earlier, I mean, I love the Buddhist perspective that we choose our parents and mm. then we choose to be adopted. So again, I've really set up the story, because again, the mind needs story, is that he chose this. This would have been a choice he made before he came in Mm -hmm. to this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And that has sort of freedom, because I get a lot of clients that have been adopted, probably it makes sense that they would come see me, and they are victims to it. They feel somehow that um, it was a bad thing, or somehow they weren't um, good enough for, it was a very negative story they were carrying. Mm -hmm. So Odin, has the story that he chose to be adopted, that this is his choice. And yeah. I ask him, why did you choose me? <laughs> you know, And um, that seems to have freedom in the sense of, you know, he's taking responsibility for his life and he's not living as a victim to And I tell him how, I you know, I have two birth parents and I was saying, okay, again, you know, I went to the same school my whole life. I had a very sort of idyllic, in quotes, upbringing. Mm. And I go, that's very overrated. Mm. You know, so don't be in resistant to your life, mm-hmm. you know, you got chosen. Mm-hmm. He chose me. It's a sense of, again, not being in resistant to your story. So he handles it really well. I know sometimes at school when he's, you know, recently, or maybe it's a year ago, he was in the playground or just playing and he was chatting to this black girl, I, think, I can't remember her name, I think Phoenix, but then she, and she goes, oh, this is my dad. And I could hear, see her mouth just go, right, <laughs> like, drop like, what? <laughs> like um which is very cute but he has he seems to handle it you know really well Mm. and and runs up and gives me a hug or a kiss you know so it's not um you know i think the key is just for him to be himself and not you know he doesn't need to please everybody he doesn't need to pander or Mm -hmm. you know i mean adjust as one takes ownership of of his own story Mm -hmm. and what a beautiful story it's important to reframe i think as well
0: yeah
1: I'm not sure of that. Is that
0: That answer? that does. I'm loving all the answers. Um, I also wanted to ask: um, Did you ever want to have your own kids? Do you think you ever will? Do you think you'd adopt again?
1: I mean, I that's. It's, I never thought I, my kids would be adopted, but mm. I do feel he's my kid. Mm. I, there's something that switches where I'm not. It's a chemical. Something happens where you almost feel like you gave birth to the kid yourself. Yeah. And I've had a lot. Of, I have a lot of friends that have adopted and also given birth. And they talk about how there's no difference. Mm. That they, there's something just clicks where you are responsible, and mm. um, I think it, it must be set up that way, just so we protect them and make sure that mm. um, you know that they're safe. So I do feel he's he's my kid, and it is funny. He's now like five foot. 11. <laughs> he's <laughs> going to be like so tall, and um, yeah. I mean, I would I would adopt again. I would have kids that hasn't the opportunity or the you know, we've talked about it before. Did he want a sibling? I and mean, so he's so funny, like, no, daddy. <laughs>
0: <Just> <laughs> like, he, <laughs>
1: he's, he likes, you know, he's an only child in many ways. So he likes the, that sort of attention. Mm-hmm. But I'm open to it. It's just, again, this was a very natural s- story. I met him. I couldn't leave him. It's amazing. Sometimes he wants to be an actor. And he's an incredible actor. And he's also an amazing sports person. So we'll see what the journey is that is going to be created.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm not sure what you know is ahead of him, but it's again choosing his passion and, and um, you know just allowing himself to follow. He's getting you know access to a lot of different things, which is great to sort of Sounds like it, yeah. to see what you know he enjoys the most.
0: I, um, I I feel like it's interesting that you're saying something just clicks when you he's your son and, and that's it. Something that fascinates me often um, is I think the world's it's very overpopulated and it's mm-hmm. only going to get more so and mm-hmm. there's so many you know I like was saying in Africa 35 mm-hmm. million millions of kids that need adopted mm-hmm. adopting and parents to love them and then we've got this epidemic of people being infertile and having problems conceiving and it tears couples women up to the fact yeah. that they can't conceive and have their own child and for me I'm like I you know I get it we're kind of programmed to do that so I can understand mm-hmm. how you would be upset by that, but there's millions of kids that need yeah. someone to love them. Well, I think if you there. really
1: want to be a parent, you'll adopt. I mean, I think sometimes it's this idea that, you know, it's a replica, mm-hmm. but I don't think we create our children too. You know, I think we give them a vehicle to come in, so whether they take on your genes or, I mean, there's an awful lot of different studies that you know nurture over nature, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. d- different sort of. So, yeah, I recommend adoption, I think, you know, it, it's a, it's definitely, um, you know, yes, as you said, I mean, there's so many kids that need homes, so yeah. many kids in America that needs homes. So yeah, if you want to be a parent, like just they're adopt, there. They they're there. need love, yeah. So I, do, I don't know, maybe the physical action of, again, I, I think it, a lot of it's ego, a lot of it's not really about being a parent, mm. but I know a lot of people when they hang out with myself and my son they're like, "Oh my god, he's so your son."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's so much more to just loving and nurturing and what we model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that sort of and they are your son. Like, I mean, I can
0: Well, yeah, the reason I that, that the I difference. no, the, and the reason that I feel so strongly about it is my mom has been with my stepdad since I was 9, I think, and uh We call him grumpy because he's grumpy. He's really grumpy. But he never (laughs) wanted to get married. I call him my stepdad, Mm -hmm, but they're mm -hmm. not married. But They've been together 20-odd years. Um, He never wanted to get married. He never wanted to have kids. And yet, he was there from when I was nine, Mm -hmm. sort of raising me, taking me on holiday, paying for my education, Mm -hmm. being there when I was upset and stuff. And I just think, if this grumpy man can take me as a child, then I can definitely love another child that isn't mine. Um, And so, yeah. And they
1: become yours, though. It is a sense uh, for that period. I think we, we... we sort of were given these children for a, a short period of time. As a, you're a woman, you're not living with your, mm-hmm. you're So it's a, it's a great, it's a journey. It's they're, they're temporary. Mm. It's such a, you know, I think I'm five years time you'll be in college. So it's just such a temporary little gift.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: But you, there is where you something just clicks, where there's none of that. They're not your kid, and that's other people's projections. So they're they're looking at us going. Like I'm like, oh, this is my son. That's their own judgment mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Germany, that they're yeah. projecting onto us, That yeah. we're, but we're happy, we're a happy little family. So it doesn't really matter. I, luckily, I'm aware that people project and what people say is a reflection of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you adopt that you become a family. Like it's, yeah. there's no doubt that it's, there's no dissent. And I've different people over the years, I, I'll talk about my mom, she's so funny. In some way, she lives in Ireland and she loves Odin and Odin loves her and loves go, goes to Ireland. Like at half the time, he says he's Irish. He was in Ireland for the summer. And at one point, a couple of years ago, my mom is a smoker and she's like, and she's like, do you think he knows he's adopted? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, says it because he's so like, this is my grandma. This is my dad. This is my auntie. This is my cousins. He's so, you know, like, accepting everything as is it's only other people that are putting the is that my, I yeah, no, it's brilliant <laughs> so it's fascinating to to kind of watch how people relate to the yeah. experience so i think in a way it's a very healing maybe you know because i'm so white and he's so brown so mm. it's kind of um, it's a good contrast that i forget like i'm not in that yeah. separation anymore so i'm not sure what people are seeing mm-hmm you know, when we're out or at a concert, if he's, like, putting his head, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, or he's, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And, you know, so it's... it's, And I'm not even there, but I don't know. So it, maybe it's a, it's a good, you know, healing moment for different people just to see. Yeah. As well with race and, and um, you know, not to be so, you know, identified by the vehicle. The oneness, Agreed. You
0: know. Agreed. I mean, the, the, you know, my mom was told that People said that she, I wasn't her child, and she can't be your child. It's yeah. like I carried her in my, yeah. in my stomach and gave yeah. birth to her. So yeah. I think she, I know she's but yeah. people sure they know, and it's just yeah. kind of ignorance, really, and sort of not understanding and labeling and yeah. how people identify.
1: But I love someone now. I see a lot of black families that have adopted white kids.
0: Mm, in Los Angeles. Amazing.
1: And I love to see that too because I. It's again sometimes people, you know you know, have put projected onto me like in a negative way or, or where's that kid's mama or, and I'm like, well, you know, or, you know, so worried about adoption. Well, I think if you're so worried, you should be adopting yourself Yeah. as well. So it's lovely to see though, you know, these beautiful dads or, you know, these white kids running into their arms mm. and beautiful brown dads. And it's, it's amazing to kind of, to see that. I think that's yeah. beautiful to, to witness.
0: Do you know? Um, do you know much about the adoption sort of system here, or the process of it, or
1: in what way? Yeah. In
0: um, sort of because you were saying it's slightly easier to go from like foster fostering to yes. adoption in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's it's there's a, there's tons of kids that need to be fostered. It again, you can foster them initially to see if there is a connection,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that is a good process. I think they pay you to like that they help you with to support you in the, in the process too, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And um, it's different than in Europe in a way they support the birth parents. But the foster system, like a lot of kids that sort of have been taken out of homes, um, have been given up. So it's, yeah, you do, you do a class, I think a few months classes of, you know, t- teaching you how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And then you get the call, up, you know, done your home study, and this sense of, you know, we have a child, do you want to you know experiences so it's mm. sometimes the parents though the kid it may not be permanent so it all depends yeah. on what you want to experience
0: yeah
1: as well is it okay not to be attached as in to help a child for like a year six months or is your intention to really adopt yeah,
0: yeah. does that make sense yeah yeah
1: so i mean there's private adoptions there's many different ways of doing it there's a lot of particulars people could email me i can share whatever information awesome. i have yeah, if, yeah. If that helps for more specifics about international adoption too
0: Cool.
1: as well but yeah there's no right there's no there's no right or wrong it's really following what is it that you want to experience do you want to experience being a parent do you want to experience you know, interracial uh, you know parenting what is it that you want to experience mm-hmm. and it, i was just lucky i met my son i knew he was my son you know, but I believe again, all the parents that just have adopted, where they go, "Oh, your kid's ready!" Like they've never
0: yeah, the kid yeah. is here, and That's strange, isn't it, it just clicks. Yeah,
1: they know it's their kid. So, it's you know, it's a magical process. The same as giving birth. I mean, I think you don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and on many levels, that it's, but something clicks, and you just love that that little being.
0: So, with what you were saying about you know, somebody just gets the call, and then it's like, here's mm-hmm. your kid. If they've not had that, if they've not had that, you know, you you were there and you met him and then you felt it. Yeah. If you've been given a child, mm-hmm. you know, is there ever the connect? What if the connection's not there?
1: I think it happened. Like I mean, I felt that as soon as he crawled into my lap, as soon as I saw him, I, I heard he's your son. I felt mm. this connection that I can't really. And as I said, there's a movie they're trying to put it into a movie at the moment, and it's hard to kind of. You know, write that mm-hmm. because it's a moment that just happens, and I think it's the same as when the kid is just there's just this knowing mm-hmm. that, that comes in. And but some kids, yeah, a lot like a lot of some kids are troubled that, mm-hmm. that you know, especially kids, people don't want older kids, mm-hmm. and um, there is that tendency to kind of you know, want to give them back. I think mm-hmm. I've heard different stories, but it depends on. I, I mean, I, I have a dog, he's now like. 11 nearly 12 i would never dream of you know giving him back or giving him up so i think it's all to do with the person
0: agreed you know i don't
1: i don't know how anyone would do that but i know that was that story in the newspaper about the russian kid some american family sent the russian boy back Mm. on a plane on his own which i mean i think sometimes people that adopt are much more likely to to go to therapy you know get help Mm -hmm. if there's issues coming up as well does that make sense So, um, but it's not an easy ride, like it is the most challenging thing you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of, it's the most challenging thing ever, every day it's, it's a challenge, but the rewards are infinite yeah. as well. So it's, and it's an impossible job to, to get it right per se. Yeah. You know, that's part of the journey of, of being a parent, because there's no real right or wrong. All you're doing is doing the best you can each day and, you know, trying to, you know, guide them. But again you're trying to you know give them the skills where they can make their own choices mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: lead them but you can't <laughs> like, you know you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink it mm-hmm. so there's that a sense with kids too you can tell them all this stuff but they you know they are their own little beings that yeah. that are here to experience life and to experience free will as well so you know i also find it's like sometimes directing actors you give them blocking and they can be free to fly as actors and i think with kids i found that went with myself, giving them boundaries has really helped giving him that structure to allow him to be himself. So he's really able to fly within that structure as opposed to having to worry about the world. And that's part of, we will go back to Uganda, but not till he's, you know, I think ready to deal with it. Right. Because again, it was a very impoverished place and where he was from.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, just to finish off, what would be your advice to somebody sort of considering adoption, thinking about it? Some, some
1: last words. I think just following intention, if your intention is to do it, just follow There's never a right time, you know, you could say when I had doubled my son, it was not the right time, but I do think the world steps up to support you. I think it's that parable of the Red Sea's parting when you move with intention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's never going to be this perfect time, but if you're feeling it, I think there's a timing to following following your, your heart and listening to what you want to experience, but but if you have an intention to adopt let all your action come from that intention
0: mm-hmm. as
1: opposed to from fear or all these doubts that may come into your head i mean it's um it's a beautiful experience it's it's probably the most rewarding thing to to be of service as well to this little being
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know
1: to kind of the, the rewards so but again i mean i i i don't know of any particular advice per se but but I do encourage people to adopt if that's part of like, if that's their instinct and I think it's a big teacher, they're huge teachers for you. And part of me being an actor in LA too, at the time was I wanted to get my learnings through being a parent as opposed to just with acting. Cause there was a time when I'd be on set and I'm, going, I'm looking at these lines going, why am I like, is this really my life? Like all of a sudden I'm reading other people's lines and these characters that I don't really identify with and it's like I'm doing all this work to be saying these lines on a show that I don't really respect, <laughs> and um, to kind of get my learnings. And to, rather than be bitching about the lines, it's it's great to to kind of you know just to support this little being become a man, and you know to really love who he is, and to allow his gifts to come out to the world, to be able to share who he is with the world. And that's it's beautiful to see his trajectory up to now. You know, so it's like, I'm it's like this little video camera recording, you know, this little journey and I feel very blessed to, oh. to, to have that honor for this particular kid. I
0: think you're awesome. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm you. sure he thinks
1: you're awesome. <laughs> I'm sure, sometimes.
0: <laughs> Tony, thank you so
1: much, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. I really, it's, again, it's great to talk about adoption.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk About. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode or other episodes or ideas for future episodes. So please send me a message. I'm on Twitter at IoniButler, I-O-N-E-B-U-T-L-E-R. Or you can send me an email. The address is Let's Talk About with Ione at Yahoo.com. If you want to reach out to Johnny, please do. He's an incredible ther- therapist teaches meditation and all sorts of holistic things that are just very good for your general well-being and he's a lovely man to to talk to and be around so i highly recommend reaching out to him Uh, but that's it for now thank you so much for listening and you'll hear from me soon bye